Hola y bienvenidos. Hello and welcome. My name is Elena Garcia Fariña and I'm a 22-year-old Hispanic Canary Islander. I am starting this podcast because I believe in the power of representation and the importance of raising people's voices. I am pursuing medicine and I want to incorporate my, love, my lived experiences and ideals about equity into the health field. Furthermore, I love to have deep, meaningful conversations. I love to learn, tell stories, and have fun with life. I realized I have a unique, I don't know, passion for telling stories and listening to people. I volunteer through a project called My Life, My Story, which I'm sure I'll get into at some point. Um, in which I get to speak to minority patients, to underrepresented patients, right? And I get to learn about their stories, I get to interact with them, listen to them, tell their stories. And through this, I've discovered a deep passion for, for, into, for getting to know people, getting to know people, getting to tell their stories, and, you know... I believe there's there's a lot of power in that. I believe there's power in listening to stories with accent included, especially about underrepresented minorities. I believe in the power that one success story can have on the confidence of a young aspiring person who has been told that they don't belong. You know, if it weren't for the stories that I heard during my many times of doubt when I was ready to give up, who knows where I'd be today? That is what I want this piece of the podcast world to be. A place to tell stories and hopefully to bring light and inspiration to a person anytime they need. So I'll start by telling you a little bit about myself. So as I said already, I'm originally from the Canary Islands, from Tenerife. I was born and raised there. My entire entire family lives there and My parents, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, everyone was born in that little island in the middle of the Atlantic. And so being Hispanic, and specifically being an islander, has shaped a lot of my identity and how I see myself and how I see the world. So being a woman in general, I, I have the I have experienced discrimination many times being a young woman, Um, being on my own many occasions, uh, as I usually, as I travel a lot. I left the island when I was 18 to go to college. I went to Boston University. And so I have seen myself many times, um, either flying alone, being in a city alone, in an airport alone. That's, that's definitely the highest one. And just having to you know, navigate life on our own, as many of us do. And yeah, and I've gone into experience discrimination for being a woman, for being young, and also for being Hispanic. Hispanic, both when I came to the U.S. specifically, and also within Spain itself. Um, being part of the Canary Islands is actually looked down upon in the rest of Spain. Well, by some people at least, it's seen uh, as foreigner like I have a different accent than they do um, I don't use la Z y la S en plan zapatos we say more like 
we sound more like Puerto Ricans or Venezuelans or other Latin Americans. And we say zapatos, like we don't, we just sound different, I guess. And yeah, being geographically isolated also obviously changes opportunities, what's available, etc. And I mean, nowadays with internet and spread, like anyone can listen to this podcast, anyone, you know, can message me. Um, but back in the day, it wasn't that way. I mean, my parents got to live through like paving the highway in, in the island, like connecting, you know, a lot, a lot of towns, a lot of, to the main city, to the south of the island, you know, connecting the entire island. Back when my grandparents were alive, um, there wasn't an airport. Like if you had to come to the Canary Islands, leave it. If you brought in shipments, it was all through boats, right? And so, yeah, like back in the day also when my grandparents were alive, people were exiled from Spain like during the era of Franco. And they were sent to the Canary Islands. That was like being exiled from Spain, even though the Canary Islands is obviously still part of Spain. We're just so far. So, yeah, that is... That is part of being from the Canary Islands. Geographical location, the isolation, etc. And... Yeah, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with all this rambling, but that's where I'm from. The Canary Islands is beautiful. I always, I will always um, encourage anyone to go see it, visit it, look it up on Google. It rocks. It's great. It's a lovely place to be raised in, honestly. It's like you, everyone knows each other um, for better or for worse, <laughs> and And yeah, it's small, close-knit. There's just this sense of everyone comes together. There's also a sense life is a little bit more tranquil over there. But at the same time, there's a lack of diversity. It it is very segregated. And, And yeah, and there are just a lot of issues that one's I was able to leave, now I can look back upon and just reflect on. I've always had a passion for medicine and I've always had um, sort of a unique way of connecting with people. And then in Boston, I've had amazing opportunities through my college, through volunteering, through just being in Boston. And one of the one of the first volunteers that I did was through Peer Health Exchange. For those of you who don't know, it's just um, you. we get to go to underserved high schools in the, Boston, in the greater Boston area. Underserved means um, that they don't have the funds for health education. So we just come in and we teach them a health curriculum that is curated by Peer Health Exchange. And it touches upon all of these amazing topics about mental health, sexual health, um, trauma, just the ways our identity shape our reality and how they influence our health. And this is taught in, as I said, underserved communities. 
which are majority Latinx and black communities. And I was able, me being bilingual, I was able to teach many students in Spanish. Honestly, there was a need. Like, I was always prioritized. It's like, Elena, fine. Like, these are the slots. We need people who speak Spanish. These students won't, like, need people who speak Spanish. They don't speak English. And they're here in Boston. And we need to get volunteers over there. So that meant that oftentimes, you know, it's usually two, two educators, sometimes three, that we go into a classroom, one presents, the other one like facilitates, another one like goes ahead and like helps, um, you know, you break students up into groups and you chat with them, you help them um, through their workbook. But may, oftentimes it was just me alone in the classroom. And... And yeah, and I mean, I had some of the most amazing conversations, the best bonds that I, I had just a great time, like teaching students about this, raising their awareness and talking through some of the cultural taboos. I know a handful of girls actually who are like, yeah, if my parents have told me that if I get pregnant, they're kicking me out. And I was like, well that's great that we're, I mean, it's terrible that, you know, that that conversation needs to happen, but it's great that we're here talking about health and helping you make informed decisions about your health. And so I really liked it. It was a big connection with the community, with the Hispanic community in Boston, getting to know um, people from a different I don't know, different background, different socioeconomic status, different reality than my own. Like it popped, I feel like, I mean, everyone knows Boston is very segregated and in the Boston University community, like the little BU bubble, I mean, I'm guessing as most colleges are too, you just, you start seeing people, a lot of people who look just like you, who have similar experiences to you, who have a similar socioeconomic background than you. And then in Boston in general, like in the back Bay area in Brookline, like everything that's around BU is very um, white. Yeah. And so as you start leaving, not just outside of the city, like East Boston, Brighton, all of these areas, I was able, yeah, I, I taught students in Spanish. And many of whom, many of whom were just, had just, emigrated from other Latin American countries and came to the U.S. for the first time. And they're in high school. Like, they were, they were eight, some were 18, 17, but they were here in freshman year trying to learn English because, you know, what are they, how would they be able to get higher education with, without English in the U.S.? Um, but, yeah. Those were some of the, my experiences, and that really sparked and sparked the passion in me, I guess. Yeah, it did. And so from there, like, I've had other opportunities to do the research, to do volunteering, to do other things related to the community, to keep on building on my lived experiences and realizing how those are so similar to many of these people and the ability that I have to communicate with them and to understand their cultural perspective, but also from an educated and 
more knowledgeable medical background be like, well, these are the things that, you know, you should be thinking about when making health decisions, when going to visit your doctor. I know one of the topics that is very common among the Hispanic community specifically is uh, physician praise. We have a very paternalistic view to medicine in which the doctor's always right. And that isn't the case. That is not the case. And I mean, the physicians and providers definitely have a great medical background, medical knowledge. You have the knowledge of knowing who you are how your body works for you and what will work best for you like um you know you your doctor can say okay i'm going to prescribe you this pill you need to take it at 7 a.m every morning and you're like hey i don't get up at 7 a.m hi this is not going to happen you know i'm making up a very simple example but it is important to have conversations with your physicians and be able to express your opinions as in a respectful way, obviously. So, well, that's a little bit about me. Um, I know I went on a little bit of a ramble, but basically, pre-med student, graduated from Boston University. I'm currently working in clinical research for oncology, which I absolutely love. <laughs> I'll make another episode about cancer, disparities in cancer. I'd love to talk more about that. But yeah, currently, I don't know, I've been interviewing a lot of patients for a while. I've been developing, perfecting this tool of mine, I guess, to connect with people and to raise, raise unheard voices and motivate others to do the same. And so, yeah, this is why I'm starting the podcast and what my goals with the podcast are. Okay, so some of the things that I would love to do is keep telling my lived experience, like the way that I see the world and some of the issues that I run into, but also bring other people, other minorities, other minority professionals, uh, medical students, physicians, who knows, Whoever wants to tell, whoever has a story to tell that would benefit others, I think would be very important. I have a couple people in mind already and I'm very excited to bring them along. Thank you everyone for joining, listening along, and I hope you may have found inspiration, knowledge, or whatever it is that you came here looking for. I look forward to bringing other amazing voices and stories onto this podcast and to hearing your feedback. So please feel free to reach out with topic suggestions or if you have a story to tell at Transatlantic Podcast on Instagram. Again, that is Transatlantic Podcast 